Hello and welcome to another episode of World One Stage One, a video game podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm Simon. Got there first. You did. Now, I didn't say retro this week because, well, it's not all retro that we're talking about. Not today, anyway. First off, I would like to apologise for the lack of podcasts last week. This was due in large part to the fact that when I was available to record, most of England was underwater. Yeah. And as I you might have somewhat, seen. Yeah, and I was somewhat stranded, living in a village in the middle of nowhere as I do. All the main roads into town were waterlogged. Could be worse, you could have been in Chooksbury. Yeah. At which point you probably would have been underwater. Yeah, I, I wasn't far off, mm. but I probably would have been in Chooksbury. Yeah. But that's very irrelevant to most of our audience. We're sorry. Chooksbury is a place near where I live, and yeah, it gets flooded worse. Anyway, we are back this week. Yes, we are. Uh, to cover two topics. Firstly, an answer to a listener's question. Which, it's a first, isn't it? It's uh, it's a first, certainly, for us to uh, not talk about a game in depth for a week and actually yeah. deal with uh, a few uh, viewers' listeners' request. And it's also a first in that we've got mail from someone we don't know. Oh. Well, apart from, well, it wasn't really mail, was it our review? No, the yeah. iTunes review wasn't mail, that was just yeah. an iTunes review. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about Manhunt 2. And the whole fiasco that's arisen about that. Because we, we can't love... really ignore that controversy. So. And we love bandwagons. Of course. Yes, we see a bandwagon, we have to jump on it. So I'll probably mention the iPhone at some point as well. What? It's a bandwagon. Okay. <laughs> but first things first, our mail. We, we have been written to by a guy by the name of Crazy Hayes, mm-hmm. who writes to say, Hey guys, I'm one of your fans hailing from Seattle, Washington. I'd just like to cut in there to say, what a great place. I love Seattle. I wouldn't know. True. But take my word for it. Okay. Yes, one of your fans hailing from the other side of the pond. Just want to say you guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I actually have a question for you. Which is the daddy of console RPGs, Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior? I think it's Final Fantasy, but haven't been able to find anything backing that up. My money is on Final Fantasy. For your information, seeing as your last show was about Doom, I might add that for Doom 3 they made a completely unnecessary and short expansion that I played with on the Xbox and was disappointed with, as they had a gravity gun which looked like it was trying to take on the Half-Life 2 gravity gun. Anywho, I got the darkness on release day, so I'm devouring human hearts left and right and will now commence destroying the corrupt. I saw that today and I thought... That doesn't look too bad. Yes, I'd like to say lucky him in the release day for the darkness over here was today. Oh, Uh, that would explain why, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get it until today. But it looks awesome. It does look rather good, and I do like the description of devouring human hearts left and right. That Mm -hmm. sounds something I would be interested in. It's it's interesting. Yeah, you lucky git. (laughs) And also, yeah, the expansion for Doom 3, not not worth the effort. No? No. It really was just an attempt to cash in on the gravity gun thing and was fairly poor. Oh, is this uh, the one with the, the skull on the front of it? And... Mm. Uh, okay. But anyway, getting to his question, the daddy of console RPGs. Now, we were a bit confused by this, weren't we? Over yeah, because there's two ways you can take that. There's the daddy as in the oldest, mm-hmm. and then there's the daddy as in the daddy. As in the, the bestest. Soul. The yeah. most bestest. So, we're going to answer both. We are. Well, we can answer one And the other is an opinion. And the other is an opinion, yes. Yes, and an opinion on which we differ. Yes. So let's get that one out of the way, first okay. of all. The Daddy, the best console RPG. Final Fantasy. Oblivion. Oh, bugger. Yeah, you see, I've got you there, haven't I? Uh, no, I don't, I, I, I don't like Oblivion as much as I like Morrowind. Fair enough, but Elder Scrolls in general, let's Elder say. Scrolls in general. I have got you there, haven't I? They're two very, very different RPGs. They are thing. very different RPGs, but they are both RPGs, mm-hmm. and I would say I prefer the Elder Scrolls games. Fair enough. I think I'm still... 
if Final Fantasy X through twelve hadn't been made, <laughs> I would still be vehemently saying Final Fantasy, but if oh I was so disillusioned. If we're talking about retro RPGs though, then it's Final Fantasy versus, in my opinion, the Ultima games. Which I haven't played. Which you haven't played. Being a horrible Philistine that I have to get you into them at some point. I'll, I'll just make them a review game for the show and make you play one. That sounds fair enough. Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior. In my answer to which is the daddy as in the best, it's neither of them. And in your answer, it's Final Fantasy. Yes, it's got to be. And in Specifically answer, Final Fantasy IX, which I know a lot of Final Fantasy fans will... Uh... Are you not saying Seven? No. Ah. I liked Seven, but it wasn't my favourite. Fair enough. See, the, the thing with, as I've noticed with most fans, at least in this country, is that 7 is always the favourite, mm. and then 8, uh, and 9 is usually somewhere near the bottom. Or but you uh, liked 9. 9 is my favourite, uh, and then possibly 6. Controversial. Yeah, I'm going to be hunted down and, and stabbed to death by rabid Final Fantasy fans with their fursuits. It's a good thing you don't live in Japan. Yes. Although in Japan they would just say they're all great. Yeah. And you'd get away with it. They're, they're so accepting over there. Now, as for which is the daddy in terms of age, well, what you're really coming to is who did it first, Enix or Square? Yeah. But neither of them, well, really. Well, out of Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, which one is the oldest? Between the two, it's actually Dragon Warrior. Ah, okay. was a year before the original Final Fantasy. So it was closely kept them. Enix got there first. Hmm. But in terms of what's the earliest console RPG, it's neither of them by a long shot. Because Dragon Warrior was, consulting the notes... <laughs> Uh, 1986 release on the NES. So a little bit older than I am. And Final Fantasy was a 1987 release. Slightly bit older than I am. However, if we want to look at the earliest console RPG, we go back to 1979. Which is older than he is! Yeah, it's older than both of us. And that's a Dungeon Quest, which is great, apart from the fact it's a visual joke. It's spelt D-U-N-J-O-N, Quest. So, almost certainly a Japanese import. Yeah. And that was the Temple of Apshai. And within the same year, two sequels were released. Bloody hell. Yeah. Date Stones of Rin and Morlock's Tower. So you get the feeling they weren't hard to program. Hmm. And they were both out on the Atari 8-bit by Automated Simulations Incorporated in 1979. Do we know sort of the, the layout of these games? Were they... I don't. I've never heard of the Dungeon Quest games before. So I'm going to have to look into them, because yeah. I'm quite interested now I know there was a console RPG in 1979. That's insane. <laughs> but there's there's a lot in between as well. 1981, we have Star Quest Rescue at Rigel by Epics Incorporated, mm -hmm. also on the 8-bit. 1982, oh look, Dungeon Quest again! <laughs> this time Curse of Ra, the Temple of Apshai was re-released, and Upper Reaches of Apshai. Ah. So they're, again, all automated systems. Uh, simulations even, Atari 8-bit. This seems to be the year it all took off, really, 1982. You've also got Advanced Dungeons and Dragons on the Intellivision ah. by Mattel. So that's fairly early. That might be the daddy in terms of... I, I think we can discount Dungeon Quest because they're probably very limited. Uh, well, I'd actually have to look at them before I make such a sweeping yeah. statement. You the know. game made in 1979, like yeah. something as large as an RPG. Yeah. Virus database has been updated. Well, that is good news. Yes, it is. Uh, Crypts of Chaos was also 1982. That was on the 2600. Another classic Atari console. Uh-huh. And that was made by 20th Century Fox. Bloody hell. 
uh, Dragon Stomper, which is an awesome that name. That just sounds fantastic. Also on the 2600, that Starpath Corporation made I'm that I'm one. sorry, just, just imagining me like that now. You play as just a gigantic Russell Crowe going around and <laughs> jumping on dragons. Possibly. Warriors of Raz, Volume 1, Dunzin. That was made by Intelligent Statements. <laughs> Which is a great name for a company. And that was also out on the Atari 8-bit. But also in 1982 were two games that I consider probably the father of the RPG game on the console. Ultima uh-huh. by Sierra. And Ultima 2 Revenge of the Enchantress by Sierra. Uh-huh. So if you don't know Ultima, they are classic games. I mean, they were free-roaming in, in their own way. Very much sort of top-down or isometric tile-based RPGs. Okay, which I, I do like. Yep, you play the Avatar, a human embodied with the spirits, do right in the world, very much like a paladin in D&D. Okay. Uh, but a, a slightly bit more mystical. Okay. And they went on to spawn like eight or nine games, and then of course Ultima Online. Which you still play to this day? Yeah, it, by me, if not <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> there are still a few people logged on the server. Uh, which, of course, is the daddy of Massively Multiplayer. Just, just to do a bit of bastardly plugging, how much is Ultimate Online to play per month? Uh, free. Excellent. Because there's a number of emulated servers, as they're called, where people have just reverse-engineered, because it was quite simple for an MMORPG, mm. and put up free servers. So you just hack your client to log into a different server other than the official one. I don't even know if the official server is still there. <laughs> but, you know, you can play for free on these community-run servers and have fun. Okay. It's one. Of, it's the earliest MMORPG going on from muds and mushes and things yeah. like that. And Ultima was the birthplace of Lord British as a character. Lord British. And uh, he's not a computer game character necessarily, he's actually just Richard Garriott, the developer, okay. who is eccentric, shall we say. One of the great eccentrics, along with people like Jeff Minter, of game development. Okay. Jeff Minter being? Uh, Jeff Minter being the guy behind um, Llamatron and Attack of the Mutant Camels. Okay. And also the programmer behind the music visualizations on the Xbox 360. Ah. Yeah, interesting story that actually. Whilst I was working at um, Lionhead, uh, Minter was working on a game, sort of as a co-production with Lionhead. Although yeah. really, it was just Minter making it, and then every so often he would come in to show it off, and this fabulous tie-dyed hippie would walk into the studios and sh- bring in a GameCube and show off swirly colours. <laughs> uh, the thing is, there was no game. Right, we could really discern. It was just swirly colours. Yeah, um, a lot of Jeff Minter's games look like acid trips given form. Huh. And there wasn't really a game so much as just Jeff Minter's tie-dyed hippie acid dreams given form on a GameCube. Excellent. Uh, So it didn't really work as a game, but of course this was a time when Microsoft were frequently in the offices dealing with Fable, Mm. and they saw it. And they sort of sidled up to him on the sly and said, you know, we need visualization software for the music on Xbox 360. Would you be interested? Because Unity looked like an interactive visualization. Mm. And he said, sure. Which is why if you actually uh, turn on the controllers on the 360 when the visualizations are running, you can control them with the controllers. And that's what the control scheme of Unity would be very loosely. Hmm. And if you have more than one controller plugged in, different players, in inverted commas, have access to different elements of the visualisation. That's bizarre. And you can have multiplayer interactive music visualisations. Oh, we've got to try this in a bit. It's a very Jeff Minter thing, and it works beautifully. Oh, okay. So, um, where was I? Oh, it's Great Eccentrics. Yes. And Lord British 
Richard Garriott, is behind the Ultima thing, and he is another of the great eccentrics. Okay. Um, I mean, he goes by the name Lord British. What more do you want to know? Yeah. Well, what, what does he do in Ultima? Um, well, he was one of the developers. Okay. Uh, if not the owner of the company or something. I can't actually remember his exact position. Okay. But certainly in Ultima Online, there was a character called Lord, Lord British, British, an NPC, who was supposed to be unkillable. Okay. I say supposed, but of course players are unpredictable, mm. and they worked out how to mob in their hundreds and finally take down Lord British, and <laughs> that was an interesting day. Yeah. So that's 1982. Okay. <laughs> uh, 1983, of course, another of the great classic um, role-play games on consoles came out, and that was Rogue. Okay. Rogue is probably the best known of the first of the RPGs. Uh, that was, again, on the Atari 8-bit, and a company called Artificial Intelligence put that one together. They sound familiar. I'm sure they've done other things since. It's like uh, Ultima was done by Sierra, and they yeah. survived for a very long time, and then later... In fact, whilst we're covering 1983, in 1983, Ultima 3 Exodus was released by Origin. Again, another company that survived for yeah. a while. So I'm sure AI did something. But a company that probably didn't, in 1983, released a game called Universe, which was an RPG. And that okay. was Omnitrend Software. Which I have never heard of. No, I never have either. The company nor the game. 1985, Ultima 5 comes out. I've missed 1984, in which Ultima 4 came out. Oh, no, 1985 was Ultima 4. 1984 just had no RPGs. Ah. <laughs> I was very confused by this because I was researching this. Yeah. And 1984 had no RPGs on consoles. There were loads on the VIC-20, the Apple II, DOS, PC, but none on consoles. 1985, Ultima 4, Quest of the Avatar, comes out from Origin on the Atari 8-bit, the NES. Hey. It's first, second appearance on this list, actually. First one being Ultima 3. Okay. And the Master System. And Yay. that is its first appearance on this list. There were RPGs on the Master System? Uh, just one, I think. And it was this one. Okay. So, yeah. Well, Ultima 5 may have come out on the Master System later on as well. I don't know. But yes, Bard's Tale also came out uh. in 1985 from Interplay, mm -hmm. another company that kept going. And that was out on the NES. And again, that's one of the, the great names of early RPGs. Yeah. Uh, originally it was called, oh, what was it? Tales of the Unknown, The Bard's Tale, I think, was the name of the first Bard's Tale game. Sort of swapped it. Bard's, Dale, Bard's Tale 2. Hmm. <laughs> it got reduced to Bard's Tale 2. And, unfortunately, not a sequel to Dragon Stomper, but Dragon Slayer okay. came out in 1985. And this one's quite significant, considering what we're talking about, because that was by Square. Ah. Uh -huh. It was the first Square RPG that I know of. And oddly enough, it was on the Game Boy. You know, I think I might actually have seen Dragon Slayer. Yeah? If it was only released... I, I, this might have been at some friend's house or something like that. It might not have been a, a, a legal copy, <laughs> but uh, that was a while ago. Well, 1985 it came yeah, out, so... Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the first Square game I could find a reference to. Okay. And also in that year came out The Black Onyx from Bulletproof. Again, not a company I don't think ever did anything no. particularly successful. 1986, Bard's Tale 2, mm. The Destiny Knight. Again from Interplay, again on the NES. And Dragon Warrior. Finally, we get to one of the games that was asked about, hey. which was, of course, Enix's first entry, and that was on the NES. So, Square did RPGs before Enix. On the Game Boy. But, oh, does Game Boy count as a console? Or... I, well, it's a handheld it's console. Handheld, yeah. So, Square did RPGs before Enix. But they didn't pick their, but, their big brand. But Final Fantasy came after Dragon Warrior. Yes. 
So in a way, Square came first, and in a way, Enix came first. In a way, yeah. yeah. So Final Fantasy was second between the two, but Square was slightly before Enix. So everyone's a winner. Yeah, if you want to look at it like that way. There we go. You've got Square win because they made the first RPG out of the two. Mm-hmm. Enix win because they made the first of the two specific games asked about. And Sierra win because they made Ultima. There we go. And a couple of other games. And a, some people might have heard of at some point. A couple of other games <laughs> along the line, like the Police Quest, Space Quest, and uh, so many Sierra games. <laughs> All of which quite good. Yeah. I deeply miss Sierra as a company. Where'd they go? I'm not sure. They oh. just sort of disappeared one day. Uh, around the same time as adventure games and RPGs stopped being made. Yeah. I think it was all they were known for. But yeah. a great company, great games they released. Quick question on your list of there. Does that have yeah. anything of Bethesda? No. Oh, okay. Bethesda... Because they never did console things before Morrowind, did they? Exactly. Bethesda uh, were strictly on the machines, not the... Well, the computers, computers yeah. not the consoles. Until, obviously, Morrowind. And then you got the Xbox version. Because Bethesda games, consoles at the time, really wouldn't have been able to run them. Yeah. Bethesda have always been quite far-reaching in their code. I mean, my computer still can't run Oblivion. <laughs> uh, sadly, though, consoles can, so... Yeah. What, Tells you a lot about the next gen, or well, it tells you more about your computer. It does. Hey, my computer can run some awesome stuff. Just not Oblivion. Yeah, <laughs> but it can run Morrowind, so you're happy. I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. I'm sure. It, I'm sure it can. I mean, it probably can. I bought it last year. Yeah. So it should be capable of running Morrowind, which you actually prefer Morrowind to. Oblivion. I prefer Morrowind to. I well, I played more Morrowind. I, ironically, I like it because it's smaller. Hmm. I can see your point, actually. Oblivion, I just get lost, and there's just there's too much of it. I think you can. Ha- it's doesn't you can put too much into a game. In an RPG, I've always found I like the ability to get lost, mm-hmm. but I also like the ability to get myself found again pretty damn quick when mm-hmm. I want to. And, in, and Morrowind had both, really. Yeah, in Morrowind, you had just enough room that you could get a bit lost and go, "Oh, where am I?" But if you wandered for just a touch more, you'd find yourself and go, "Oh, right." Which is why, going off topic a little bit, I'm looking a bit forward to uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. I thought that was coming, because of course they've scaled it down yeah. from San Andreas. It has gone from state-sized back to city-sized. And well, yeah. San Andreas wasn't quite state-sized, more small county-sized. State, small state, smaller, small state-sized. A county, yeah. I'd say. It, bigger, than bigger than anything any GTA game that had come before. Yeah, easily. But they've scaled it down now to make it city, well, big city-sized, New York city-sized. Well, yeah. You've got to be careful saying New York City-sized, because it's not all five boroughs. Yeah. Staten Island has been left off. Interesting. Uh, and the funny thing is, Staten's quite happy about it, or rather the uh, political arm of Staten Island are quite happy about it, saying, well, at least we're not associated with this kind of trash. <laughs> <laughs> and then they look outside their windows. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that Staten was... I knew it was one of the five boroughs had been left out mm. of GTA 4, and I'm almost certain it's Staten. Because they certainly wouldn't get rid of Queens or Bronx. Yeah. And obviously Queens Manhattan is, I think, there. called... Um, I can't remember what Queens is called now, but it, uh, it's... It's Kings, that, isn't it? No, no, because there is already a Kings, isn't there? I can't remember. Not one of the boroughs. One of the boroughs was nicknamed Kings or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Brooklyn. That's the one. Uh, yeah, one of them, it might be the, the Duchess or something, uh, yeah, rather or, than Queens and... Yeah, we're, we're wondering violently off topic. Yeah, I'm sorry, well, but... Actually, no, we're not. Because no? we're also going to be talking about violent games from Take-Two. So And Rockstar. Yes, Take-Two and Rockstar. So it's actually bang on topic, there just we... the wrong topic. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's, it's been scaled down, there will be no planes. But um, there will be helicopters. Ah, excellent. Uh, and jetpacks. Don't know about the jetpacks, mm-hmm. but they've said that the helicopters are still in. Because I've been to New York, mm-hmm. there's very little option for planes. Yeah. 
In fact, if you go to uh, JFK, no, it's not JFK, it's the other airport whose name temporarily escapes me. Okay. But there's the two airports in uh, New York, and one of them, the runway's so short, that if you leave from that runway to fly to the West Coast, you have to stop halfway. Because if you filled up the plane all the way, it wouldn't be able to get off the runway in time, because it's too heavy and the runway's that short. Ha-ha. So planes, not, not a big mode of transport in New York, within the boundaries of New York City, yeah. but a lot of the buildings have helipads on, a lot of them. Ah. So helicopters are frequently used. So it makes sense, cut the planes, leave the helicopters in. That sounds fair Because enough. that's how people travel in New York. Not and everyone, obviously. We're not one of those strange people that think everywhere, everyone in New York goes to work by helicopter. It would be awesome if they did, but no. The people who do travel by air within the boundaries of the city tend to travel by helicopter, not plane, because mm. it's a lot easier to land a helicopter. Yeah. And there's many more options, because within the boundaries you'd have the two airports that you could fly between, and they're not that far apart <laughs> in real terms. You also nicely avoid the ability to crash a plane into anything that might resemble the Twin Towers. Which is Ooh, no bad thing. I thought of that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why the planes were cut. Mm. And also because they were just impractical. So it's, you know, more realistic on the one hand and saves themselves a huge controversy on the other. Yeah. Which they probably should have thought about when they released Manhunt too. But before we get onto that, yeah. final thoughts about the RPGs thing. My thoughts on Square Enix games are probably quite well documented amongst my friends. Yeah. I don't like them. That's fair enough. I don't buy into the hype. I've never got the Final Fantasy games. That's fair enough. I can appreciate that, yeah, they're well made for what they do, but the way they play doesn't gel well with me, because it is just, it's a story with menus. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. And, you know, I can get as much excitement in terms of clicking menus from Word as I can from Final Fantasy. Other people disagree. Many, many other people. Yeah. Probably in terms of the gaming populace of the world, the majority disagree with me on that well, one. See, that's the, I disagree, but I can see where you're coming from. Which is, you know... <laughs> Nice of you yeah. to acknowledge the, the there, there are many a time when I've been playing, uh, well, any RPG really, mm. especially the Final Fantasy games, and it's been, come on, come on, I want to kill something now. There are a lot of people who wouldn't give me the benefit there of at mm. least acknowledging my point. But I've also been slightly put off Square Enix games by The Bouncer, ah. which was where they departed from the Final Fantasy mold, and I thought, ah, finally, well, maybe it's all the good things that I do appreciate without all the menu clicking and all of that. And, and yes, there was no menu clicking. I'll agree. There was, however, some seriously bad gameplay choices. Yeah. The fights were fun. Okay. Because the whole point about Bouncer was it was these big interactive environments, you know, you can shove a table into someone and double them over and crack chairs over their heads and things like that. Okay. Big interactive fight scenes. I liked that. But they couldn't make a game of just that. And the gameplay they used to tie it all together was thin. Ah. To put it mildly, there was one memorable scene. Memorable to me mostly because I never got past it. Okay. Not because I couldn't, just because I wouldn't. Okay. Where there was water slowly flooding upwards, and there were ramps. And it was almost a top-down thing, and you ran along these upward-sloping corridors, around a corner, around a corner, so you're going 180 degrees the other way, and then up a sloping corridor, and 180, 180, and up a sloping corridor. And there were things in the way... Things you had to break, things you had to jump over, things you had to run round to slow you down and try and make you drown. Mm-hmm. And it just went on and, and on. on. And it was tedious. It was so boring and repetitive that I just I turned the game off and never went back to it, really. It just 
turned me off completely, which is why I'm not too excited about the game you were talking about, hmm. their new one. I can't remember the name of, but it's, but it's Resistance Fall of Man meets Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Which sounds cool on the front of it, but so did Bouncer. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, yeah. And the things I was excited about in the Bouncer were awesome, but it was strung together with so much shit mm. that I find myself looking at this new game and I'm going, yeah, that's a cool concept. Let's see what they do with it. Yeah. I don't know, they could pull it out of the bag. They could, absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying they're a talentless bunch of hacks, because they're not. Having said that, Final Fantasy X, X2, 11, 12... And online. Which is 11. Which is 11, yes, they, you're right. They, they haven't done so well recently. Because online, I gave a go. I haven't. I've got it. I've owned it since release date, actually, but I've never played it. Because I like playing online games. I very rarely stick with them. Okay. Because I... I haven't found the massively multiplayer game yet that really sucks me in and keeps me in. Apart from possibly Eve. Apart from possibly Eve, but there are other complications mm. with Eve. It's very complicated. I was mostly talking about the developers and um, some of the factions and uh, a certain friendliness between them. Okie dokie. Not a topic to be covered on this no, show. No, that's fair enough. But Final Fantasy Online lost my interest quicker than any other online Ooh. game. Okay. I don't know if it was just the Final Fantasiness of it, and I had bad associations with that, or whether it was just a bad online game. But small things right at the start of the gameplay pissed me off, such as you don't get to decide which of the servers you play on. Oh, okay. So if you want to play with your friends, tough shit. Cross your fingers and hope. Until you get to a certain level where you can then buy what's called a world pass, I think it is, yeah. which allows you to jump to the right world. Why not let them choose off the bat? Yeah. Why put in this extra step of complication to keep people from playing together in a social game? Mm. That just strikes me as really, really stupid design. So from step one, I was already against it. Yeah. And it just didn't do anything to really claw itself back, in my opinion. Okay, that yes. sounds fair. And um, Dragon Warrior no longer exists as a franchise, so we can't talk about the modern iterations of that. Well, it, I swear I've seen some more Dragon Warrior. Is it Dragon Quest or something like that? It's switched over to Dragon Quest now. Gotcha, okay. And, yeah, okay, there are some more recent versions of it. Mm. But it's it's nowhere near the size and scope of Final Fantasy in terms of more modern releases. That and I certainly haven't played any of the more recent ones, so that's another reason we can't talk about it. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> have you? No, well, what, Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior or...? Uh, well, any of the more recent iterations of it. No. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. That's why we can't talk about it. Neither of us have played it. So I don't actually know when the most recent game in that franchise would have been out. Uh, there was one a couple of years ago. Um, yeah? I had no idea I it was still going. can't remember the name. See, Final Fantasy gets all the press. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, going back to um, saying yeah, bandwagons and jumping on, it's the same same reason I don't like Final Fantasy and I don't like the iPhone. You don't like the iPhone? Yeah, don't buy the hype. Don't get what's so good about it. Okay. Because it's very topical, because we are recording this on Friday 29th, iPhone Day. All across the US, it's going on sale today. Okay. And people are lining up in their hundreds and thousands all over America to get one. Okay. And they're lining up in the hundreds and thousands to buy a phone that has a 2 megapixel camera that doesn't record video, has old generation edge data transfer, and I don't get it. I'd rather have, you know, my high megapixel camera that does record video, integrates directly with Flickr and YouTube, uh, has really good online speeds through 3G networks. Okay. Don't get me wrong, the iPhone looks beautiful, and the software is slick as anything. Using it, the usability of it looks fantastic. But people need to take another look at that hardware and realise it's a phone 
that in terms of its capabilities, apart from the visual voicemail thing, which Apple are pushing and is really good, but in terms of what the camera can do, what the data te uh, transfer speeds are like, in terms of all of that, it's it's a five, six-year-old phone. Ooh, okay. So it's a five or six-year-old phone with an iPod attached and some fantastic usable software. And then pushing Google Maps. Well, I've got that on my phone <laughs> already. As I've seen, and it blew yeah. my mind. And Gmail. Uh, I've got that on my phone. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you what, what else, I've got GPS on my phone. So Google Maps doesn't have to, I don't have to tell it where I am. It knows. I've got GPS. It knows where I am. <laughs> and it can give me actual routing from where I am to where I want to go, not from where I guess I am to where I want to go, as in Google Maps. So it's an infinitely more useful bit of kit. Sounds fair, yeah. And it's got 3G data transfer far faster. If Apple had released a phone that was comparable with, say, the Nokia N95. Richard, I have no idea what that is. Just out. Okay. It's got GPS built in, got a huge screen. Got a fantastic video camera on it. Got a five megapixel camera. That's better than some cameras you can buy. Mm -hmm. If there's might. at least one with hardware comparable to that, then yeah, it would be the phone worthy of all the hype it's getting. But it's not. The actual structure of how it works is dated. And that's kind of what I feel about Final Fantasy games. That's, okay, yeah. The surface gloss is great. It looks beautiful. But the, the mechanics of the game haven't really changed in, what, 10 years? Since the first one? Or, well, 20 mm. years. Mm -hmm. So it's... Oh, it's Final Fantasy's 20th birthday. Soon. Yeah, that's true. It, well, it may have come and gone. Damn. I should have eaten cake. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, the system mechanics really haven't changed in 20 years, have they? Mm. Slightly. The combat system's altered. It changes... Uh, I mean, the most radical change was well, if you discount 11, because I, I don't know what the hell was wrong with that. And... No. But from 10 to 12, it changed dramatically because it, it went from random encounters up to targeting enemies on a field, and it, I hated the combat system to 12. Yeah. It was awful. But the general principle in the majority of yeah. it hasn't really changed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the same thing with the iPhone. The phone technology hasn't changed, but it looks great Yeah. and has a lot of hype around it. And Final Fantasy, the, the actual game mechanics behind it are pretty dated, but it looks great and has a lot of hype around yeah. it. Well, there you go, I pulled it all back into something relevant. And again, if we sort of go into our sort of changing of opinions here, it hasn't changed in a very long time, which you see as being a bad thing. I see it as it hasn't changed in a long time, because, to be honest, it's a winning formula for me. I, if I, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, right? exactly. Fair enough. No, I can, I can understand yeah. that. It's just, to me, it wasn't working in the first place. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. And it's just my opinion. Yeah. Or maybe I'm trying to say something controversial to generate more mail. Because <laughs> I like how... having people write in it. Yeah. Great. Although this no, wasn't a controversially um, aimed email. True. It was a lovely email. I'd just like to thank our, our listener for that. Yes, I think I'll actually second that. It was fantastic. And I would love to do more of these shows where we're responding to something someone's yeah. said or asked. Uh, which reminds me, we do actually have a couple to go back over. Really? Well, yes, because if you remember, Josh asked us to look into the rise and fall of the side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yes. And true. possibly the sort of retro games that develop... Uh, generated a lot of controversy. Yes. Phantasmagoria we could talk about, Mortal Kombat we could talk about. Carmageddon? Carmageddon we could talk about. It's not that old, but... No, but it's it's relevant to what we're talking about today. That's true, yes, because it... Ah, yes, we, so I managed to bring it around again. We are segueing beautifully because, of course, Manhunt 2 was recently refused certificate by the BBFC. It has been banned in this country, which makes it the first... Ah, oh. well, you see, this is where a lot of the people who are chiming in are not quite correct. Okay. What's happened is what I just said. It has been refused a certificate in this country. That doesn't mean it's banned. Okay. 
it means it is unavailable for sale. It doesn't mean you're going to get arrested for owning it. So import, perfectly legal. Well, quasi-legal. Okay. But it is illegal for sale in high street retailers. In fact, there have always been channels for obtaining either legally or in a grey area an uncertificated release. It's just one problem. Look back at the old video nasties. Yeah. Same thing. They didn't have a certificate, but you could still get hold of them. Hmm. What's really sunk it is, of course, PlayStation and, well, Sony and Nintendo saying, we don't want it. So you, you could import it. It's just no one else has got it anywhere. Yeah. So, no, the BBFC refused it a certificate, and it was the first game they'd done that to since Carmageddon, which, again, was ten years ago. So this is our other topic, Manhunt 2, and the massive overreaction, in my opinion, of the world to the response from the ESRB and the BBFC. Okay. It's also been prohibited in Ireland, officially. Uh I believe Australia has banned it. I'm sure Germany has. Oh, yeah. Uh, But anyway, I want to actually talk a little bit about the ESRB in the States versus the BBFC in the UK. Okay. Because most of the people commenting about this situation are from America. Mm -hmm. And they don't seem to get what the BBFC is. Because the ESRB in America is a body that applies ratings to video games. Okay. And that's all they do. Those ratings aren't even legally enforceable. If a shop in America wanted to sell mature games to kids there's no law against that okay which doesn't make a lot of sense to us as british because we have the bbfc now i've always considered the bbfc to be a rating system that works (laughs) and it's not completely uninformed opinion here because i've worked in video game retail video game journalism and video game production so i like to think i've actually got a reason for my opinion yeah but we have a rating system that works in america They have a voluntary body assigning these ratings Mm -hmm. and no legally enforceable means of backing them up. Right. And the ratings are fucking confusing. Yeah. Well, you know what the ratings are in America on the ESRB? Indulge me. E for everyone. Okay. T for teen. Mm -hmm. M for mature, brackets 17. Mm -hmm. And AO, adults only, 18. Okay. So they have a rating difference between the ages of 17 and 18. Okay, And, of course, adults only is a rare thing for them to get because most games, if they're a bit, you know, controversial, Mm -hmm. get an M rating. It's like, ooh, 17 and up. And AO, because it's an 18 only, tends to get reserved for sex. Mm -hmm. So any game that gets an AO is instantly thrown off the shelves by all the major retailers because it has a shady connotation. Ah. Now, in the UK, we have, of course... Universal, PG, PG PG-13, 12A. It's gotten more confusing, but where it counts, we've got the 15 and the 18. Yeah. Which are generally the only ones that get applied to video games, because they're the only real age restriction ones. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen a 12A rated. You won't, because a 12A literally means accompanied by an adult. That's a cinema-only rating. It doesn't Uh, apply to a video game. Okay. Uh, So it's 15... And an 18, which in my mind makes a hell of a lot more sense than a 17 and an 18. Mm-hmm. Now, 15, of course, is a little bit suspect, a bit violent, maybe a bit sexy, but nothing too harmful. Yeah. And 18 is adults only. And over here, adults only, 18, doesn't have the same stigma it does in the States. Yeah, because 18 applies to anything. Yeah. And this is another thing. One of the big questions is, has Manhunt 2 been judged differently from the movies because it's a computer game? Okay. No! 
<laughs> no, it hasn't. Because the BBFC is the British Board of Film Certification. They rate, in this country, video games and films. Mostly films. Mostly films. For a long and complicated reason, mostly involving full motion video. Ah, okay. Right. When games like... Uh, spoken about them before on this show, the 7th Guest on 11th Hour came out, they had full motion video in. Okay. And the BBFC said, well, that's film. We're going to have to That's our department. Yeah. yeah. And once they had their claws in, they just rated every video game whether or not it had film in. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is legally enforceable in this country. Yep. It which works. Why 18 doesn't have a stigma. In America, an adults-only game is for adults only, but it's not legally enforceable. So if the mainstream companies have it in stock... They're basically saying that we don't sell it to kids, but we could, and mm. that's bad. So we're not going to stock it. Yeah, we're it. quite happy throwing an 18 game on the shelves of a high street shop because we know kids can't buy it. It's not legal, and if some video game retailer does sell it, it's actually the guy who makes the transaction, not even the company. It's the guy who makes the transaction is responsible for a fine, five bigger fine. Whoa. Okay. So they ain't gonna. Yeah. Trust me, they're not going to break that law. So our ratings are enforceable, which means they work. Mm-hmm. We can put an 18 game on the shelf next to the kids' games. We don't care because kids aren't going to buy the grown-up games. They're going to try. It down with the parents. Yeah. And having worked in video game retail, I hate the parents who don't look at the boxes. Mummy, can I have this? Certainly, darling. I have refused point blank to sell a game to a parent who was going to hand it straight to their child. Okay. And relevantly, it was a Grand Theft Auto game. Uh-huh. It was San Andreas. Okay. And it was this kid, maybe seven years old, and his mother. And I said to the mother, I'm not going to sell you this game. We have the right to review service. Mm. And she said, why? I said, because that's not for you, is it? It's for your son. And she said, yes. I said, do you actually know anything about this game? She said, no. Uninformed parent. This, yeah. is, this is where the British rating system does fall down. But to be fair, it's the same in the States. Yeah. And I explained to her that basically you play a violent game criminal, just released from prison, Mm -hmm. who is part of a major gang who try to regain their position in their local hood by killing drug dealers, carrying out hits, and you rise to the ranks of working with the triads, carrying out mafia hits, killing the police, killing military personnel, and basically murdering people viciously with an assortment of weaponry, uh, picking up prostitutes, stealing cars, is pretty much an every five minutes activity yeah and it's entirely unsuitable for your son and she looks at me and basically thanked me for not selling her the title because although she was old enough to buy it yeah which is where the system falls down her son was not old enough to play it and my manager was stood beside me and said you know he's absolutely right mm. you know i do agree i mean if you still want it i would say make the sale but he is right. Yeah. His son shouldn't be playing it. And she thanked us and walked out of the shop. And uh, poor little seven-year-old boy didn't get to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. What, what a, shame. a shame. He will when he's older. Because as we all know, you can go back and play games from years ago and they're still great. Yeah. So that's kind of what this whole thing's about, really. Absolutely. You have an enforceable system that works. Which is why an 18-rated game does not have the same stigma as an adults only. Mm. So where we need to look is why the BBFC refused this game certification. Because it's not because it's for adults, mm-hmm. whereas in America, of course, it was given certification because they will certificate anything 
because it's not a legally enforceable thing. They can't ban something. Right. So they will still give it an adults-only rating, but they will do it with the full knowledge that the largest retailers in America will not stock an adults-only game. So it's effectively banning it, really. It's an effective ban. They could still do direct distribution on the internet and through minor retailers. But mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, 90% of the companies in America will not stock an AO. Right. And of course, consoles have policies saying they don't want AO on their console. Yeah. Sony, Nintendo, for example. So why was it given an AO rating or banned when the original Manhunt was given an 18 by the BBFC and a Mature by the ESRB? So it was only given a 17 over there? And... Yes. Right. And there's a lot of theories about this mm -hmm. that I've read, and most of them are preposterous near-conspiracy theory level <laughs> stuff. Firstly, are the ESRB and BBFC Nazis on take two? Okay. Hot coffee, you know, all of this. Like, oh, they, the they released Manhunt, they released San Andreas, they did hot coffee. <laughs> um, no, they're not. Don't be stupid, is my answer to that one. Mm -hmm. uh, if there was any sense of impropriety or fairness, it would go to appeal and get overturned. Because both the ESRB and BBFC have an appeal system. Yeah. And take two have chosen not to appeal. Okay. They've just shelved it and said, we're not going to make a difference here. We, we may get back to it down the line, but we're not going to appeal. It is an adults-only game. Yeah. Are they picking on Rockstar for the same reasons? And no, for the same reasons, okay. frankly. Are they responding to controversy generated by people like the Daily Mail or Jack Thompson? Uh, you know, generating all this heat saying these people are evil. No. <laughs> no. Um, having worked in this industry, I've actually met some people from the BBFC. And I've chatted with a representative from the ESRB. They don't pay attention to stuff like that. They just have a set of guidelines, and it's, it's literally tick boxes. Okay. Does this game contain X? If so, apply Y. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a very simple system. They have rules that you abide by to get a certain rating. Mm. And all the filibustering of people like Jack Thompson is neither here nor there. Jack Thompson tried it with Grand Theft Auto 3, okay. 4, and 5, counting Vice City and San Andreas, oh, yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. with San Andreas. You know, he was saying, take this off the shelves, get it re-rated, and the only only success that was had against San Andreas in trying to get it re-rated was when Hot Coffee came out, the ESRB said, we were not aware of this content, that is content that makes it an AO. All right, okay. And it was changed to an AO. Rockstar said, oops, sorry, released a version without hot coffee in it, and oh look, it's a mature again. Mm -hmm. So they don't respond to hype, only to facts. Because Jack Thompson was basically saying it should be an AO either way. Yeah. And they said, no, but with hot coffee in, it should be. We'll give you that. So it wasn't really his winning, it was just he happened to... He happened, well, he didn't even stumble across hot coffee. Oh, right. You know, <laughs> hot coffee was found independently, and that's what the ESRB responded to. One of the ones I actually gave a lot of credence to was, are they responding to the fact that the Wii's controls make it a much more visceral experience? Oh, I hadn't thought of that one. When you're stabbing someone in Manhunt 2 on the Wii, you're actually jabbing your hand like a stabbing motion. PlayStation 2, Manhunt, pressing a button. That's interesting. Big difference. Yeah. You can use the Wiimote and the Nunchuck as a garrote, as both ends of a garrote wire. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's very visceral, very real. Mm. No. Yeah. I sat and thought long and hard about this because I thought, actually, that's really true. And I'd read ah. a preview of Manhunt 2 from a journalist saying it really got his heart going because it was so real, mm. slashing someone and watching them get cut on the screen. Then I thought, no, they've applied the same rating to the PlayStation version. 
Okay. So that's not the tipping factor. It might make the Wii version slightly more adults only than the PlayStation version. But, but adults only is adults only, yeah. There was enough in there anyway, even yeah. on the PlayStation. So it's not even that. Although I could understand if it was. Yeah. If, if, if they if wanted it been... to rate just the Wii version adults only, I would actually see where they were coming from. That makes sense, yeah. Are they responding to a changing social climate? In other words, this is the is Manhunt 2 that much worse from Manhunt argument? If they release Manhunt now, would that be an AO because people are so scared about video games? Okay. There may be something to this. Okay. I'm not sure it's the reason, but there may be something to it in that whenever you're judging something and making a judgment on the quality or contents of something, you have to compare it to standards. Mm-hmm. Standards of acceptability. And with current controversies going around, video game shootings, video game killings, all of that lot, being quite heavily in the news, maybe they're responding to a general climate of fear about the medium. Yeah. That might be true. But here's my opinion on why it was rated adults only. And it's a very simple one. Okay. And this is coming from, I've done a lot of research, I've read the statements from the BBFC about why they did what they did, read the statements from the ESRB, read a lot of the commentary about it, and of course referring back to my own knowledge of talking to these people working in this industry. Mm -hmm. And it's very simple. And it's a little tick box somewhere that makes a huge difference. Okay, yep. Now, Manhunt, I know you've never played it. No, I've heard about it and I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never actually played it. Well, the general concept of Manhunt as a game was you were a death row inmate. Mm-hmm. And just when you think you're going to have your execution, you wake up and you're a captive of a filmmaker by the name of, I've got this somewhere, Starkweather. And he is a filmmaker specifically of snuff films. Mm-hmm. And he is forcing you to commit these crimes for the entertainment of various people. Mm-hmm. Notice the word I emphasize there. He is forcing you to carry out these acts. Ah. You are an unwilling participant in the events of Manhunt 1. Okay. Whether or not you're actually unwilling is down to the player. Mm-hmm. But in the plot that is laid out in the game, the character so is, is initially at least yeah. unwilling and being forced and coerced. Mm-hmm. In Manhunt 2, you wake up in an asylum with no memory and choose to do these things to seek out the truth, to find out who you are and take revenge on how whoever landed you in there. Yeah, You choose to. That's a big tick box. Whether the violence seen in something is willing or unwilling, chosen or unchosen, is a massive difference. If someone is forced at knife point to strangle another person, yeah, that is a much less horrible thing in terms of how violent the person doing the strangling is yeah. than if they just want to. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. So all of the violence in Manhunt was very sickening, was very bloody, was very gory, was very detailed. Because whenever you kill someone in Manhunt, the actual killings were pre-rendered. Okay. So they were very detailed in their animation and their level of detail. Mm. Very gory, very gruesome. Genuinely disturbing to some people, I found them dull. Okay. Because they were pre-rendered, so they repeated. Ah. So they became uninteresting very quickly. Once you tried every combination of every weapon, there was nothing left to see in the game, literally. But there is that um, sense of gruesomeness in how detailed it was. Essentially, you're looking at it and thinking... This is going maybe a bit too far. Yeah, and that level of detail of the violence, coupled with it being a willing violence, is an AO. Uh-huh. When it's an unwilling violence, that's a mature. There's that's all point. it is. That's the tick box. Because what people are saying is, 
Is Manhunt 2 really that much worse than Manhunt? And the answer is no, it's not that much worse. But pretty much both the ESRB and the BBFC made statements when Manhunt came out mm -hmm. that it was the worst they'd seen in terms of violence and pretty much the outer edge of what they would allow. Wow. Within the boundaries of where they were putting it. It was the very most mature a game can be without being AO yeah. for the ESRB and very much just at the boundaries of getting a certificate with the BBFC. So Manhunt 2, no, it's not that much worse than Manhunt, but it doesn't need to be. Mm. It was all, if it's 1% worse, it's... Yeah. Uh... It doesn't take a lot to tip it over that edge. Mm. And when you add in the fact that this guy wants to kill, whereas the original guy was forced to for survival, that tips it over the edge. Yeah. And it's that simple. That's why Manhunt 2 was banned. And ultimately, I'm not fussed. No. Because as you said, Manhunt was not a very good game, so... No. It has its fans. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there are people who enjoy it. But I, I, I'm a bit worried about the fact that there are people who enjoy a game like Manhunt, but yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there's a lot of elements to it that are very similar to, say, a Metal Gear game. Okay. Or Metal Gear Solid game. There's a lot of stealth to it. There's a lot of planning how to get to your target. Okay. And that element of the game isn't too bad. Yeah, okay, maybe I was a little bit rash there. There's some gameplay in there. What I found boring was the... Oh, it's that animation again. Uh... I've, I've seen it. There's no reward there's no urgency to get to the next kill because i know what it looks like yeah i've done it but the actual gameplay the stealth part of the gameplay the survival aspect of the gameplay that's very similar to a splinter cell or a metal gear solid and there was a great sense of darkness and depression to it it was very artfully made in a lot of ways yeah it just again fell down on a simple point of game mechanics for me so it does have its fans but if they were going to ban this or grand theft auto 4 ban this yeah, that this, makes... this is not as good a game as Grand Theft Auto 4. And I know I've not played Grand Theft Auto 4, but then again, I've not played Manhunt 2. Mm. I'm stabbing wildly in the dark, if you'll excuse the metaphor. We'll base it on which was better, Manhunt 1 or Grand Theft Auto 3 by City, San Andreas. Exactly, and based on that, just wait for Grand Theft Auto 4 and you'll forget that Manhunt 2 was ever made, let yeah. alone not released. Grand Theft Auto 4 looks awesome, and Manhunt yeah. 2 looks yeah, like Manhunt, Manhunt 1. 1. So, not a huge loss to the gaming world. So, everyone just. Stop bitching and just just wait. Yeah, wait calm down. A, a, a mediocre game was shelved. And Take-Two, apparently, uh, you were telling me... Uh, well, one of the rumours of it, it's not obviously completely founded, one of the rumours is that they've, they've shelved it for now and are thinking of coming back to it at a, at a later point and maybe sort of taking away some of the certain aspects that would have pushed it over that edge and making it a little bit tamer, possibly even tamer than Manhunt 1. So when it does come out, it won't have the... I don't know, it, there won't be the thrill there of it being a yeah. banned game because people were playing and go, oh, it's not as bad, why was it banned? Because yeah. it's not the same game. No, which does raise an interesting point that has come up in these debates. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to go back and recut a movie to get a lower rating. Look at Matrix, all they had to do was edit out one headbutt. Yeah. Or was it two? Two headbutts. Now, Manhunt, when the entire premise of the game is whether it's a coerced or uncoerced killing that's causing the problem, you have to go back and... Do a lot of changes. Yeah. Or if it's the gameplay that's the problem, you have to do even more changes. It's very much harder to go back and edit a game yeah. than it is to edit a movie. But don't blame them if they do want to go back and make it again mm. for saying we're going to concentrate on other things first because it's going to take a lot of effort to re-edit. Yeah. There are those conspiracy theorists again who will say, oh, they've got a mature version waiting. They did this to get the hype up. Mm. And well, maybe, but... Probably not. If yeah. they've actually come out and said, we're going to have to shelve this and come back to it, 
No, I don't think they did. Because mm. otherwise you'd see what they would do is they'd turn in for appeal, submit the recut version, get the rating, and get the game out whilst the hype was still there. Yeah. And what it could be is that they've developed a game that they knew was adults only. They knew was going to generate a, two, for want of a better term, shitstorm of controversy. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it got released, it would make fucking headlines. Yeah. And say, oh, how edgy a rock star. And then they go, hi, here's Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh. And if I'm going to believe any of the conspiracy theories... That's the one that's to go the with. one I would believe, because yeah. that's the one I made up. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so that's the one I would believe. Yeah. If they're doing it to generate a, a hype storm, it's not for Manhunt 2. Because mm. Manhunt 2 is not their big property. Which do you think they've made more money off of as right, a franchise? Yeah. So if you're going to generate a hype wagon, you're going to do it for the Grand Theft Auto games. And doing it in... If this, you know, theory conspiracy-wise is true, then they're playing it the safe way and getting a game, as you said, that doesn't have such a huge fan following, i.e. Manhunt 2, banned, which yep. generates hype for a game that will sell and will not get banned, i.e. Exactly. Grand Theft Auto 4, which... Exactly. And then those they can cunning bastards! And then they can come back and re- retool Manhunt 2 and get it released anyway. Yeah. So I think it's pretty much safe to say people will not be able to play this version of Manhunt 2, the one that's been banned. No. Uh, outside of the developers, the playtesters, and the journalists who already have, mm-hmm. unless the people who are saying that the ESRB and BBSC are responding to a climate are right, in which case they could resubmit exactly the same game six months down the line when this isn't in the headlines and it will get through. Yeah. If those people are right, this game could get resubmitted and get a mature and get an 18. Yeah. When people are less worried about computer game violence. But when's that going to happen? Exactly. I'm. It's which more I... likely that this version is gone, it's over, get over right. it, you won't play this game. Maybe you'll play a, a, t- a slightly more toned-down version. Which will be more like the original Manhunt, which... Which, ironically, is one of the things that really kicked in this whole video game violence thing of, of the yes, modern days. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that thing got multi-page spreads in major national newspapers. And it was... I, I don't know if that came across in the, the US at all, or was it just, was it just national? I, I know over here it was... It was huge. Because essentially, essentially a... I, I only know the bare bones of the story, but... A kid murdered another kid. Yes, and this has actually come up again in Manhunt 2, saying the sequel to the super violent video game Manhunt, which was linked to the stabbing of, and I can't remember the guy's name, no, saving their life. But the whole thing about the story was that the guy who was murdered owned a copy of Manhunt. Yes. The kid so who obviously killing... influenced the people who killed him. Mm-hmm. It's very much sensationalist media logic. Exactly. This victim owned a violent game, therefore the crime was a violent video game-related death. Exactly. Yeah, I've never followed that one. Mm-hmm. Also, both kids under 18, where they yes. get the game from, parents. Well, parents, yes. And that is something that is worth scrutiny. Yeah. But America really needs an enforceable rating system. Mm-hmm. That's something I think we can all learn from this, because if they had an enforceable rating system, maybe Manhunt 2 would be out in America. Yeah. Although it probably wouldn't, because Nintendo and Sony would still refuse to have AO yeah. games. Well, there's still... Oh, no, there, there is not Microsoft for this, because it was not developed for it was the not developed for Microsoft, no. Yeah. It was one of the few exclusives the PlayStation 3 had. Well, <laughs> I say exclusive, obviously it was out on the Wii. Yeah. But between Sony and Microsoft exclusives... There's, there's like, Resistance and Genji. Uh, and the new Killzone when it comes out. Oh, I did not know there was a new Killzone. Wait for E3. Interesting. Yeah, there is a new You're going to have to keep me back from buying a PlayStation 3 when that comes out. <laughs> no, I won't. You I, don't have the money. I, yeah, I'll, I'll steal one. <laughs> I don't want a PlayStation 3, but I do want Killzone. Yes, but would you rather have Killzone or Halo 3? 
Good point. Mm. Yeah. And Killzone's not bad, but it's not worth a PlayStation 3. Yeah. Is they brought it on Xbox? Yeah, unfortunately, they won't, because like yeah. I say, that's one of the few exclusives. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing for Sony, because Sony are struggling for exclusives that won't come out on a Microsoft platform. Yeah. Even games like Assassin's Creed have gone over to the 360 now, Ooh. which I'm looking forward to. Because yeah. I, I, I was really gutted that that was a PlayStation 3 exclusive, because I desperately wanted to play it. Yeah. And then it jumped. And now I can. And I think they're starting to whet the appetites of people for Assassin games because I've noticed, I don't know how old it is, I've definitely never noticed any games before, but there is a Tenshu game on the Xbox 360 now. Tenshu Z, just come out. Uh, it is, I thought I hadn't it seen it It is before. brand new. Now what I thought was quite interesting, I know we're going completely off topic again, but a bit of random plugging. What I liked about Tenshu games before, you had two-player mode. This one, multiplayer mode. Up to four-player cooperative. Team ninjas, and they've actually got team moves. So when you reach your target, one you person can grab two him. Two guys holding him, one on each arm, whilst the third one runs him through from behind. Oh, it's it's looking good. And um, the single player mode is reportedly somewhat disappointing. Mm. But, but who cares? <laughs> Multiplayer cooperative. Why would you play the single player mode? Halo Two, really? Isn't I it? have no friends. That's the only reason I would play the single player mode. Yeah, but I do have friends, and, so and I would play the top life. Exactly. So, yeah, Tension Z does look so good. Games are getting better. Mm. There was a bit of a slump for a while. But there was. Games but, are getting better. And also we have E3 approaching in a oh, month, yes. which will just bring on like, 100 announcements from each of the major companies. But, yeah, as I was saying, I mean, it's you've got to be gutted if you're Sony that one of the few exclusives you had which has just badass. been pretty much banned. Oh, no, I thought you meant Assassin's uh, Creed. No, no, no. Assassin's Creed, yeah. You've got to be disappointed that that's jumped. Manhunt no, 2's banned. <laughs> Resistance Fall of Man is looking at getting banned by the church. Yeah, well, that won't happen. No, but it's, it's yeah. It's, uh, no, that's a good thing. That's generating controversy without getting banned. That's True, but it also thing. means you lose the Christian market. Or do you? The church wants you to lose the Christian market. How much effect does it actually have? See your point there, mm. yeah. But yes, I mean, exclusives-wise, they're looking a, a little weak. And Xbox is just getting more all the time. Yeah. And even Grand Theft Auto 4, it's not going to be exclusive, but the downloadable content will only be available on Xbox. Uh-huh. So there is a slight exclusivity there. Yeah. So it's not looking good for Sony. It hasn't for... Well, when, when, did, when, when did the PlayStation 1 come out? <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. But no, this is, I'm not just going on rampant Sony bashing. We could. We could, but... You don't have to, because the PlayStation 3 genuinely has dropped the ball. There are yeah. too many genuine mistakes. It's like taking the, the piss out of Bush. Yeah, it's too easy. Y- you could, but he just does it himself. Yeah. PlayStation 3, you could knock it, but it does it itself. Yeah, it's just too easy. So, I think we're done. Mm-hmm. Please give us some feedback. What did you think of today's show? Do you like us covering topics as well as games? I mean, every every now and again we could just throw one of these episodes in, you know, no or retro we could alternate. Yeah. Mm. And if you have any topics you would like us to cover, anything at all. Yep, anything. Well, preferably gaming. Game related. Related, yeah, I mean, preferably retro related within that. But as we've shown, we will touch on modern stuff. We both have opinions. Yeah, that's true. Um, mine tend to be, you know, sort of fairly similar usually, and just repeating what most people say. And although we we we've shown a little bit of contradiction. Yeah. Today. You know? However, my my contradiction being that I follow the bandwagon and say Final Fantasy is the best. And... <laughs> No, you're entitled to your opinions. They're wrong, of course. Because also you don't uh, follow the bandwagon in that you think Final Fantasy IX is the best of them. It's close between nine and six. Yeah, well, there you go. You see, everyone else says seven. 
Yeah. And you obviously had your own informed opinions about Final Fantasy. Oh, I feel clever. Yeah, don't you just? Oh. And I just don't like it. That's fair enough. <laughs> Okie dokie then. Yeah, do you like topic shows? Let us know. Or would you rather we just got back to the retro games? Or email us in general. Please do. One, stage one at gmail.com. With numbers or letters, it works either way. Oh, we've got both of them now. We do. Excellent. So, for now, I'm Simon. I'm Jack. And that is all from World 1 Stage 1. Bye-bye. <laughs>